friends, welcome back to Take a Chance on Me, where we savor Catholic sacred chant and polyphony one morsel at a time. I'm your host, Gwen Christian, and I believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to understand and appreciate chant. I hope the beauty of this music soothes your spirit, helps you to pray, and if you attend Mass, enhances both your experience of and your participation in the liturgy, even if you don't hear this kind of music sung in your church. St. Hildegard of Bingen, patroness of the podcast, pray for us. Well, we are fast approaching Palm Sunday. The big kahuna, Holy Week, is upon us. I am so excited for Palm Sunday. I love it. I love it. And I don't really love Lent, so... <laughs> Maybe the reason I love it is because it's a sign that Lent is about over. Let's take a look at the text for this week. Now, the chants that you most often hear featured on the show are either the introit or entrance chant, the offertorium, or the communio, because these are the chants most compatible and more often heard during a Novus Ordo Mass. But there are other chants that exist within the extraordinary form or Tridentine rite, whatever you want to call it. And they include a responsory, a tract, or a graduale. This week, we are doing the graduale for the Palm Sunday Mass. Now, in place of a graduale or a tract, at a Novus Ordo Mass, we will usually just hear a gospel acclamation verse, and so beautifully, this Sunday, whether in Latin or in English, whether at an extraordinary or ordinary form Mass, you will hear these words. Christus factus est pro nobis obedience usque ad mortem, mortem altem crucis. Christ became obedient for us unto death, even death on a cross. Propter quod et Deus exaltavit ilum, Therefore, God has greatly exalted him. Et dedit iri nomen, quod est super omne nomen, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. This is from the letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Christ became obedient for us unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Let's listen to Christus Factus Est.
And that brings us to musical musings. All right, so as always, if you'd like to see this music for yourself in square notation, all you need to do is go to the very first PDF link in our show notes, and it'll open up Christus Factus Est for you. You can also have access to this chant and thousands more by downloading the Chant Tools app, which is totally free and a phenomenal resource. I am so grateful that it exists and I am still discovering new features within the Chant Tools app. If you don't have it on your phone, that'd be a great resource to download. Okay, so this is at least the third time during the season of Lent that our chant has been in mode five, which you probably remember by now, is a mood of joy. What in the heck? It's beautiful to me, this juxtaposition of the penitential season with hymns in a mode of joy. Our sorrow may last for the night, but our joy comes in the morning. Now, a chant nerd tidbit for this week is to notice that about halfway through this chant after the word crucis, which is a little melismatic, the clef changes, the dough moves down one line in our musical staff. Why would they do this? Well, my best guess would be that because the range of notes is so much broader in this chant than most, rather than draw ledger lines two or three above the staff, they just move the dough so that most of the notes are still falling within the musical staff. You'll see a little, looks like a cutoff, like almost half a note before the clef changes, before the word propter. And that is to remind you as a guide that even though that clef is changing, the next note you sing, propter, is actually going to be the same pitch as the crucis that you just finished singing. I believe this is the first time we've had a chant on the show where the dough has moved in the middle of the chant. So it's just interesting. This one is a bit more melismatic than a lot of things that we've heard through Lent, and that seems appropriate, but there are a few words that are given especially long melismatic phrases, particularly the word elum. I didn't even bother counting up how many notes you actually sing on this word elum, but it's easily more than 20 notes. And then you have a similar lengthy melisma at the end when you're singing Nomen. What are these words in the context of our scripture? It's saying God greatly exalted Jesus and gave him the name that's above every other name. It's beautiful that the chant places so much emphasis on the holy name of Jesus. Let's move on to resonant reflections. I am so beyond pleased that this Holy Week, we have a guest for our Resonant Reflection segment. She happens to be my sister-in-law. Liz Owen is a music director, published composer with GIA, recording artist, and public speaker from Grand Rapids, Michigan. She has directed music in her diocese since 2008 and speaks across the country at retreats and conferences using music and catechesis. Her 2019 album, The Lilies Know, is inspired by her folk and classical background, focusing on themes of nature, scripture, and of course, the Catholic faith. To hear more about her and her ministry, visit www.lizowenmusic.com. Liz is an incredibly 
beautiful person. And she is more determined than most people I know. She constantly challenges me to up my game, both personally and musically. She inspires me to be a better musician because she's always working to better herself. Here is Liz. I like to see Christ as very human, human and God, and to not forget the human. It's hard to depict a powerful God as human at all, able to have a favorite meal, to trip and fall, to be cold, to bleed. Whatever Christ felt in the garden upon his pending death, he asked very directly for a different cup. He knew what was coming. It was so real and so near and human nature clings to self-preservation and that humanity knit into the Godhead was trembling. Even for the great saving act for all humanity, which the savior fully understood, he wept and asked for it to be different. To do something is to simply do it since you chose it. Obedience assumes that it was not your idea, not your preference, not at all what you would have done, but for someone else, you do it anyway. We learn simply by the word obedience that Christ did not ask for this, but was agreeing to what the Father asked of him. Holiness for anyone may not be choosing it for ourselves, but instead agreeing to a greater wisdom and at great cost to us. Christ drank deeply from the cup he was given, and for that we are saved. Are we observant of where God wants us? Do we actively ask God for our deepest desires? And are we obedient when the answer is no? Now, seeing as we are coming up on a big moment in the liturgical year, we are doubling up today. You get resonant reflections and liturgical living. Here are three fast suggestions for how you can observe Palm Sunday and get ready for Holy Week in your own home. First, it's customary to remove signs of spring and signs of life. So if you have house plants or flowers, tuck them away until Easter. It's also customary, you'll see this in your local parishes, to cover statues, crosses, icons, and any other kind of holy image with purple cloth. In one of my favorite liturgical living resource books, The Catholic Home by Meredith Gould, she goes so far as to say, we can think of this as a form of fasting, this covering of sacred images. Ideally, we would enter into Holy Week with plants and flowers put away, with all of our sacred images covered, and with our spring cleaning already finished so that we have more time for quiet reflection and we're not busy rushing around like we might otherwise be. Now, Easter egg decorating, even for folks who are not Christian or religious, has been sort of woven into American culture. You can go to any major grocery store and see Easter egg dyeing kits. Um, it can be approached as just a plain old celebration of spring and a love of bunnies and not actually be connected to um, the Christian celebration of Easter. One way that you can amp up the Christian identity of your Easter egg decorating time is to combine it with palm weaving. 
a lot of people are able to fold their palms into like the shape of a rose or put them into a cross or do other fancy things. I'll be sure to put some palm weaving links in, in this week's show notes. And then finally, in merry old England, Palm Sunday is known as Fig Sunday, and it's traditional to serve fresh figs or even a fig pie. So if you're feeling especially adventurous, consider baking a fig pie for your family this coming Sunday. With that, we'll close the show with my favorite segment, the Sunday Playlist. So as you might imagine, this text, Christus Factus S, has inspired dozens upon dozens of renditions and even more thematically inspiring hymns or gospel music or praise and worship. However, as we're entering into Holy Week, I just wanted to do something a little different. So you'll find that all 20 tracks in this mega playlist are in fact the literal Latin text, Christus Factus S. I could have included even more, but I decided to cap it at 20. Another time we can expand the playlist with music in a whole lot of other genres, but this just felt so right. I did my best, I took great pain to order the playlist in chronological order, at least as far as the birth date range of the composer of the song. So it may not be precisely the dates of when the music was composed, but at least it's in pretty close chronological order. So by listening to this playlist, you get a rough tour, as it were, through the history of church music. So when you listen, give extra attention to track five, which puts us in about the late 16th century, early 17th, with Ana Rios. Later on in track 11, a composition by Paesiello, and there is a gorgeous operatic soprano line. Moving along, track 13 is a setting of the text by Anton Bruckner, and it's probably the most popular rendition of this text that you'll find. If you were to bring this up in your own search online, like 10 out of 12 YouTube videos are this composition. Make sure you don't miss it. Following Bruckner is a composition by Reinberger, who's one of my personally favorite composers to hear. And then the very last two tracks in the playlist are a bit more contemporary and you'll get to hear a different sound, a different melody, a different mood evoked in the text. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. All right, that's all that I have for you for this week, but I will be back to celebrate the Triduum with you. I'm your host, Gwen Christian. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. And please tell all your friends to take a chance on me.